0: Welcome to another episode of RPG Hour. Today we are tackling the topic of paid game mastering. Before we get into our topic, let's introduce everybody at the table. As usual, I'm Mr. RPG Hour.
1: I'm Mrs. RPG Hour. I'm Jonathan
0: Andrews. And once again, we have some special guests from
2: Dungeon Junkies.
3: I am Kenny, the Dungeon Master for Dungeon Junkies.
2: I am Alex. I am a player and the editor for Dungeon Junkies. I'm
0: Henry, I just play, I just roll dice. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're tackling the topic of paid game mastering. Uh, For a while this was kind of a big topic on Twitter, Uh, there was some bleed over into some of the Facebook realm as well. Is it wrong to charge people to run games? If yes, why is it wrong? If no, it is not wrong, then is there a different expectation for a paid game master? That's what we're going to kind of go off of. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, As a quick round, Robin, uh, I do not think there is any issue with a Game Master charging for people to play at their
4: table, personally speaking. I don't have a problem with it. If the Game Master can get people to pay.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think I can go mainly, no, I don't think it's wrong, but I think I could argue for yes in some cases too.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with it. As long as it's, you know, announced up front. <laughs>
2: uh, no, I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, but there also has to be some level of expectation of you're paying for a service. It better be good. <laughs> yeah, quality. <laughs> yeah, I I'm in a am in ai think I'm in agreement with pretty much everybody. It's it's good if, if the players and the GM are in the same on the same page as mm-hmm. what's going on and they like what they're getting. And everyone's willing to show up at the table. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes.
0: So I think the biggest issue that I've seen with people is they feel like this is a hobby. This is something where we all are just gathering together, getting together with friends Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I've honestly been at the point where I was practically a paid game master myself. Mm -hmm. I got... Hunted down on a forum. I was talking about how I was looking for a group wanted to run something mm. And I had players be like hey, this is the system we're playing. I had no clue what it was I had to go buy it learn it to run it mm. um, But they had been running together for years. They had known each other for years They wanted some new fresh blood because they knew how to like manipulate each other into getting what they wanted And, they didn't want <laughs> that uh, and uh, So they literally asked me to come and join them they gave me a little bit of gas money. They gave me food every single time. I never had to pay for food while I was hanging out with Mm them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, I mean, you know, I was kind of sort of on that. I made sure that I went out and I bought stuff and I went a little over the top with what I would normally do. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like as a standard, that's what you have to do as a paid game master. Like you're not just a game master anymore. Like you need to come to the table ready to run the game mm-hmm. Absolutely. with yeah. the expectation Definitely. also if the players go off rails you need to have more than just what they would normally do and granted at that time I was starting to implement what I call uh, the spider web game mastering um <laughs>
3: Uh, basically
0: you start with an idea of what the campaign is going to be and then you try and write a little bit for any type of contingency that's going to go out there Absolutely. I used to have a file folder of just like NPCs ready Mm -hmm. uh, for if something happens and goes bad Um, and there wasn't always like a full story but I had like a little like one paragraph blurb you know oh the characters decided they were going to go rob the bank Mm -hmm. okay here's a little blurb on what robbing the bank would take and yada yada Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that I still run games like that today i've still got a spider web every time i sit down and i feel like that you kind of have to have some type of system in place to say i'm not just a player i'm not just a game master i'm here to do a service yeah uh yeah. As, as alex was saying you know i'm i'm, I'm providing a service mm-hmm. um and i'm going to say this and this is probably going to add another level of Uh, Controversy to this topic Yes, controversy (laughs)
5: This is a controversial
1: podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do not see a difference between Paying a game master come sit at a table To play and supporting a podcast On Patreon or anything like that And the difference is you're not getting to play in one but I feel that you are still still paying for the experience
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: you're still consuming a story in Mm -hmm. one way or another right Mm
2: -hmm. right. something that people worked hard to build and even just play and yeah and that's the weird thing for me is um, people that are against it well why aren't you GMing it's Mm -hmm. because it's work you gotta put work so why is it you don't wanna pay someone for Mm -hmm. their
0: work for their effort yeah Mm -hmm.
1: And, I mean, obviously, you know, you have your, you know, friends group or whatever. That's not necessarily right. going to be a paid situation, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. like, it, it, you know, people say it's a hobby. Why are we having to pay for this? And
5: mm-hmm.
1: I'll throw it back to my background, which is also in Needlepoint, where you pay five or $600 to travel across country to take mm-hmm. a class on three or four stitches <laughs> <laughs> taught by... You know, someone who's been stitching for a really long time and developed these techniques. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. You're you're paying for the GM's experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's true. And you know, to to teach you, you know how because you'll pick things up from them yeah. that you can bring to your other games. Yeah. And so it's like you're you're paying for their experience. You're paying for their time. It, it makes sense if you're not like you know friends with them or whatever to pay them for their time. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And that's I mean, where. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. You can go. Uh, uh, And I mean, we pay for slots at conventions. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, we've already been doing this for decades. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, we pay to go sit at somebody's table. Sometimes they get a kickback. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why it's just now a controversial topic, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's been the same thing. We've had it for decades. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, As much as I wish that DMing was just 100% fun the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. It's really not. Uh, it's Sometimes you're sweating a little bit. You're nervous about what's happening in the game. And even before the game has even started, you're worrying about what you have to write, what you have to build, and what you have to create for these characters. Mm. And so it, for the most <clears> part, <throat> it's fun. And a lot of people, it's kind of a creative outlet to uh, let some stuff loose and create a story that they really like um but again it requires work you have to write all that stuff down (laughs) so
3: yeah i know if somebody because i was thinking about this when we were on the way over here if somebody like approached me or asked me and they're like hey i listen to your podcast i really like what you do Mm -hmm. will you do a couple games for us you know and we'll pay you that would be like Mm -hmm. oh yeah sure that's cool Mm -hmm. but if it was like for my friends like if i didn't know all of you all of Mm y'all and then you approached me and said, "Oh, you pay me." I'd be like, "No, that's wrong. I'll just do it for you." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. It, I feel like you know, it's it's a yes. It's wrong if it's your friends, mm. but no, it's not wrong for anybody else mm. who's like asking you. It's just random.
1: That being said, I I do strongly believe in the GM tax, which is like yes. if you have a friend mm-hmm. coming over to run a game for you, you provide snacks. Get them with the Yeah. <laughs> and and sodas and like you know you. You make them comfortable because Mm -hmm. they 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 are putting work into something. But you know, whoops! Even though it's still your friends, it's like (laughs) sorry, it didn't hit my
3: funny.
0: Mrs. RPGR attacked Kenny. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Sorry. (laughs) it was a D eight. He (laughs) rolled twenty.
2: A D (laughs) eight. I think I crit filled that sleight of hand check. (laughs) Smacked my funny (gasps) bone. you have to use that one <laughs> Yeah,
5: smack your funny bone yep.
1: but you know it's like you, you provide things for the GM you know everybody brings you know snacks or whatever and you know pitches in but you you always you know have something set aside like this is for the GM this is their snacks mm. if it gets you a boon in the game I mean that's, <laughs> that's you know that's something totally different uh-huh. I don't boy boy ever get gym. to experience that because you know being married to your GM is not as as beneficial as you think it would be. I'm very
0: much, uh, and I think this comes uh, as a part of this topic I think mm-hmm. that uh, If you are a paid GM You cannot have favorites You cannot uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you have Any to be of that impartial. Uh, When I've ever dated Somebody that's at the table I'm always harder on them Than I am the other yeah, players Yeah it sucks <laughs> <laughs> Because I do want to I, I try to emphasize The fact that I'm not going to play favorites With the person That I'm in a relationship with mm-hmm. Like I'm just not Like cause... Sneak attack <laughs> <laughs> <of> Donkey balls
1: <laughs> um. I mean my kid so to many be fair of my though, characters have like almost died and it wasn't even my fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair though, you do have a leg up on everyone else and that is why the table has it because you're able to develop your backstory more than anybody else. And I'm sure That's you guys good. understand that because y'all live together. Yeah. You know, when, when you're around somebody a lot, you have that ability to sit there and build and yeah. keep building and building. Yeah. So yeah. when that person comes to the table, their character looks and feels more alive than anyone else's. Yeah. Oh yeah, If yeah. they fill out their character sheet. Uh, 90% of all of the math that goes on Mrs. RPG Hour's uh, character
4: sheet is done by me. I've been doing more of it
1: lately, though, because I've been improving my math skills.
4: Well, hold on. Are we talking, like, role master math or yes. unit system math? Because
0: <laughs> all of the above. Any of it is pretty much like, it's like, she's like, well, I want this one. I want to do this. Will you make my character do that?
5: <laughs> yeah. What's really fun I'll is when I
1: when I go to him with a character concept. Hey, I want I want a char- to play a character that has zero combat skills, wears no armor, but would still be effective in a fight.
0: <laughs> Make it happen. Good luck. <laughs> Crazy
1: offensive. Wait, <laughs>
0: to, to be fair, that is actually possible with Rollmaster, and Art. I'm
1: actually playing that character um, currently. <laughs>
0: there's a. Uh, in, in, in Rollmaster there is a class um which I use the word class very loosely for Rollmaster because <laughs> even if you take Fighter you can actually purchase spells still yeah and it's more expensive you can um, it's just why which, which is one of the reasons why I like the harp family of stuff is because it's not as uh constricting as some of their systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of things you can do. There's a class called the dabbler. And the dabbler is when That's a mage cool. meets a spellcaster. And mm-hmm. it's or honestly a, mage, a rogue meets a
1: spellcaster. rogue meets
0: a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's like a specialist class. Yeah, yeah kind of <laughs> it's, <pretty cool. laughs> it's it's honestly my favorite uh, like if you laid out every class from every system that has classes out there,
5: dabbler is it's honestly a one of my top 3.
0: Mm. It is one of my top 3 and one of the reasons why you can play that one without having to worry about anything is because they have a spell called Silence, where you can literally just deafen an entire area. Uh, Which, when you have spellcasters that need to speak a
5: spell, <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, like she can literally
0: use spell law. Then That's... they just take a negative to their to their spell roll. True. Uh, in harp, you can't do that though. You actually have to pick two yeah. types of. You'd yeah, you are, are you always two somatic? Of- are you always gestural? <gasps> yeah. Are you always. You pick two, and that's that. it for everything. Wow. Which yeah. I kind of liked the way that they, they yeah, like right. constrained that now. Um, but it's, it's, fun. it's real cool. And um like so say
1: play an alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's
0: okay. It's okay. But back to paid GMing. Um, <laughs> I think that with a game master, um, as we talked on the previous episode that you guys were here for. Uh, with a lot of systems there's a lot of prep that goes into it. (laughs) I feel like if you were paying somebody to run a game, y'all picked the system that you want to run in. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's an extra expectation of them to go out and build things that aren't already there.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: mm-hmm. I feel like that is something that is you can expect of that GM versus your home system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I would actually be okay with a, a, a friend being charged mm-hmm. or like if oh, I yeah. if, if I've got a friend who's going to go through the extra mile of doing some like crazy ass crap or mm-hmm. how
1: buying, you know, extra books for the system right. that yeah. they don't have bef- that they don't have just to make sure that you guys have enough to cover what you, <laughs> the crazy ass characters yeah. you come up with yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, definitely compensate mm-hmm. them for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: think I, I feel like that's that's where like a friend can definitely be. You know, I'll, I'll pay you to GM. Uh, I, I want this cool thing. I want to play this cool thing. I'm gonna pay you to do that for me, and that, that's mm-hmm. where I think like pay GM can kind of come into because I know a lot of people who, if it's too much when they're running games, that's it. Like they're, mm-hmm. and I, I know that I can be that way too. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I've already got a ton of prep. Like, in our, in our actual play game, I've recreated almost every race to fit my setting.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I
0: sat down, and I did that on my time, on my stuff, because this is a world I want to run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he says it's his time, but mm-hmm. it's not really his time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's what uh, my wife says, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I recreated all these races. There's, like, little sub-races that are just slight tweaks and things like that. Mm. I would not sit down at a regular campaign table and expect for a game master to go through that level of stuff if it didn't fit the world that they were running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, I I definitely would not have an issue charging a fr- or paying a friend to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had friends that sat down and said, we want you to run this game and we want this, this, and this, and it's not in the regular rules, I would probably say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they were like, hey, we'll pay for you, we'll feed you, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe that's getting me a little more there. You <laughs> yeah. Know, <right>? yeah, Um <laughs> But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's, uh, for me personally, I want a system that is already already Mm pre-done. I have very little to do because I have so many other things i want to prep for the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like, you know, if somebody were to come and say, hey, I'm going to pay you to run these games, Mm -hmm. I'll go that above and beyond that I normally wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like there is that level of expectation. Um, And I mean, I feel like for sure for players especially for like I can y'all haven't been around the table long mm-hmm. enough but some of us game masters can actually flip our styles
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we
0: have a style that we are most comfortable in mm-hmm. and we can flip not everybody is good at flipping
2: mm-hmm.
0: not everybody is good at flipping as we've seen <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got some fun stories one of these days we're just gonna have some stories where we get a bunch of people together and we're like story time <laughs> we talk about like the crazy crap that's gone on on our tables um but um, I can flip from running a very dark, very uh, in, in, very ingrained horror game. And I, when I run those, they're very serious. Um, even in-game jokes can break the feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of breaks that go in during those games because it's like, let's keep in character, let's keep this going. Um, and then I have like games where I run that are very loose... As long as the jokes are in game, everything's going to keep running and keep going and flowing. Um, and uh, one day we'll have an episode of House Rules versus table, or uh, something called Table Rules, which is like table etiquette, things like game masters yes. expect above and beyond at their tables. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my table rules, and I actually I actually have a PDF of this. People make fun of me for it, but uh, <laughs> no, he
1: prints it out and hands it to people when we have
0: games. one of my one of my table rules <laughs> is the uh, keep the jokes in game. Mm-hmm. because there's so much time that I've already put into running this mm-hmm. that, like, let's keep it going. If yeah. people were to pay me to run a game, I would not hand out my table rules.
5: <laughs> I've got 14
0: different table rules, and I know that sounds like a lot, but, like, <laughs> they're basic table etiquettes. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, please make sure your phone is on vibrate. And, yeah. You know, right. Let's not let's not argue about the rules at the table. Mm-hmm. and You know, stuff like that. I would honestly not hand that out as a paid GM. Mm-hmm. Right. Like,
1: yeah, because it's, like, it's not your table at this point. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're running the game. Mm -hmm. But it's time that they've paid for. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. however, it ends up going, that's on them.
5: Yeah.
0: I would expect the players, though, to hand me a list of table rules. Mm. Yeah. What do you expect of me? Yeah. What do you expect of each other? I will make sure that that
5: runs out. That almost
1: should happen, like, you know, when you're discussing payment for for GMing. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you want from your GM? What do you expect? What kind of story are you wanting? Yeah. You know, what. You know what level of humor do you usually bring to the table mm-hmm. as a group? You know things like that, so that the GM can custom make. You know how they're going to run to to fit the group because if you're paying for that, you you want to gel.
5: Yeah, well, definitely.
1: And if you don't, then it it sucks because yeah. it's like it's almost like you know you have to talk about this about those things with with your players and with mm-hmm. the GM beforehand. That yeah. way, everyone knows what to expect. That way you can kind of guarantee that, A, you're going to get your money's worth if you're paying a GM, and then Mm -hmm. as a GM, you're making sure your players are getting their money's worth.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I know, so I I just, I I feel like I don't have enough experience yet to go out and seek payment for (laughs) DMV. So I've never tried to do that. So the way I'm thinking is someone, it's like I said earlier, someone approached me and was like, hey, I listened to your stuff, like, I really want you to start a game with us, like... Mm -hmm. Would you do that? I'll pay you. That's when I would ask those questions. What are you looking for? What expectations do you have? Right. How many games are you trying to run? Which is, you know, that's unpredictable, sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and, you know, and then I would charge accordingly. I think. Yeah,
1: just have like a range and idea of like, well, we're looking to run like, you know, five to six. Six or you know five to eight sessions, some somewhere in there, and mm-hmm. you know go from there. Yeah, and I would hope if
3: someone's approaching me directly, especially me directly, they know how I am, so they're not when I make that <laughs> bad joke that I'm not supposed to make in public, <laughs> they're not shocked like, yeah. this dude
0: sucks." So, <laughs> I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this: this is the only time that this topic gets on a fuzzy line for me. I'm okay with people charging for running games. Mm-hmm. I am not okay if a game master were to openly go out and try and seek people to yeah. pay them yeah. to run. I can understand if it's a thing uh, for hey, I'm running a special Twitch game. It's five dollars to come and sit at the table. Mm-hmm. You know whether that's to raise money for your podcast, raise money for your stuff, or raise money for a charity. That is different then I've honestly seen ads on RPG websites where people are like, why don't you come play my game? Here's what it is, $10 per game per person. Yeah. That's that's the fuzzy line that See, I get to. I'm okay with people charging or paying a GM because they sought them out. I'm okay yeah. with, a, with a situation like that or being like, hey, I've got a game that I'm running if you wanna come and sit at my table. And it's it, it's a situation where like it's open like that, mm-hmm. like on Twitch or something. Where, like, they're, like, we're raising money for our podcast, we're raising money for charity, we're raising money for, like, they're actively telling you what they are. They're, they're kind of a persona mm-hmm. versus just an everyday Joe being, like, if you want to sit at my table, you've got to pay. That's arrogant. Well, okay, but how do they look for
4: players?
1: <laughs> yeah. See, that's where... Because you have to talk I, up front. I, I yeah, I mean... I think, okay, I think if you're, like, on an RPG forum and, you know, you put out there, like, hey, I'm willing to run these systems... I've been playing them for the you know this amount of time, you know, so I'm very familiar with it. Um, would anyone want to hire me to run a game for them? These are my rates. Usually, like that, I think that's okay because you know sometimes you get gaming groups together where nobody wants to GM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to. Yeah. I still so, see that
0: different though. What I mean is, I saw a literal ad for I'm running Savage Worlds. Here's the game. Here's my 10-page document of what the world is. Mm-hmm. Here's what you're allowed to play and not allowed to play. Uh-huh. Like, it was a very it was a very detailed thing for mm-hmm. what you would expect to see if friends are sitting down to a game. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're like, and it's you have to pay $10 a head to sit down. Mm-hmm. I see that as different, um, especially if they're not, like, a known persona. Mm-hmm. Um, because the only reason I see that differently is because it's not an open call. When mm-hmm. it's an open call of, hey, I'm willing to do this I do expect compensation. I do see that differently than okay. here's my thing. You must pay to come and sit in yeah. this one thing. Like, Yeah, I don't like that. My brain just does not see those two things as the same. Like, I cannot... My brain will not see those two things as similar. Well,
4: but, okay, but if it's gauche, then people won't pay for it and he won't make any money. That's <laughs> exactly. true. Yeah. So, you know. That's true. So. so it's
1: kind of like, you know, those, those ads don't really matter mm-hmm. to an extent because it's like... They're not really making like a bad name for paid gms because it's like okay well if that's what they're doing they're just no one's gonna sit down at the table and pay them yeah at
2: least they're not lying about it yeah they're being, they're right being
1: yeah like it's like okay and you know what if someone's genuinely interested like yeah that sounds like a lot of fun sure i'll go sit at your table yeah i'll pay for it then more power to them yeah, yeah. like it's kind of one of those things where it's like it doesn't really hurt anybody hmm so, what? what's the problem? Yeah, but, like,
2: most people would probably be against it, like, kind of we are now, but somebody somewhere might look at that and be like, that sounds like a great time, and, and I'll pay for that. <laughs> like, alright, well.
0: So, we're a decent bit into this, but I just realized something. I think everybody here is a game master in some way, shape, or form, right, y'all yeah. all. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, I just realized, like, I don't think that... So, we're all talking from a game master point of view. Mm-hmm. We're all talking about this from where we've either run stuff before, we're currently running stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, that is the thing. Um, And if you want to hire any of us, (laughs) you can read (laughs) (laughs) those.
1: Well, like, even from a player standpoint, it's like, it sucks when you just cannot find a game. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's true.
1: And so it's like, you know, if you've got the extra cash and it's not too expensive just to pay Mm -hmm. your way down to, you know, a table, Mm -hmm. it... You know, you might end up really liking the group, and it may end up transitioning from a paying situation to mm-hmm. friendship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to you know, a more regular, non-paying thing. Well, like,
4: for that matter, how many stupid mobile games do you play? Pay microtransactions for?
5: I just need the diamonds, month? okay? <laughs> like just—it's like paying
0: for a,
4: a good role-playing
5: game. <laughs> It wouldn't be much different.
0: Yeah, the only—the only thing that I do have um, another. This is not a fuzzy line thing. Like This is a hard line on... Notice um, he's not using the other F <laughs> word. I found... Uh, I was trying to find a game I really want to play more Powered by the Apocalypse. I've only got to sit in on a couple of games. Or more. And I mentioned that out on Twitter... And I had somebody come back at me and goes, hey, go check out this website. You can find all kinds of stuff being run. You have to pay to get a membership on the website. Oh, no. no. And then some of the games pay even on top of that. No. And that has so far been the only time that I've had a very hard line against it because I didn't see that as paid GMing. Mm -hmm. I saw that as like a whole... It's others. like a
1: subscription. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is and it's weird. Like, I'm already, weird.
0: I'm already paying for Fantasy Grounds. I'm mm. already paying for all these other things where okay. I can go and get in on games and you know do stuff. Why do I need mm. to pay for another thing? Like, and I was very thankful and I, I thanked them for the suggestion and everything like that. Mm. But I was just like, there's no hard line. I'm not gonna go <laughs> yeah. do this because it was. Uh, I mean, I think for the only Powered by the Apocalypse game that I could find on there that sounded interesting. Um, cause it was one that I really wanted to, uh, learn to play. Um, it was going to cost, was it like 30 bucks a month? Wow. Mm-hmm. And many sessions? Just, uh, one, uh, two to four sessions.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. it was still at the point though, where I'm just kind of like, even if I factor that in as. Um, oh and these are sorry these are two hour sessions oh, okay. um, oh. One, these are two hour sessions it's okay. more of the it's, it's, it's uh, kind of becoming a popular thing for especially re- recording podcasts yeah. to yeah. do like two hour sessions um, personally we're not like that we do like a whole <laughs> six to eight hours when we're doing our actual play mm-hmm. and yeah. then I have to sit there and edit everything <laughs> um, which every
1: I mean, dumb thing I say oh,
0: but, you, but
4: if I were doing it after work two-hour session would be
0: perfect. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not... I'm, I am I like the idea of that, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like, I would still rather a three- or four-hour session after hours mm-hmm. just because of I know when I sit down to stuff... It is not an instant. We are starting like everybody. Everybody be here at noon. Mm. Let's be honest. We didn't start recording for a little while after that. If it were two hour session, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that was true. I had a gaming group where we only had a for literal four hour window to play. Mm. Uh huh. And we still only maybe got two three hours in every single time. This is before I met you, and I was so frustrated because I was like, look, guys, we don't have a whole lot of time. We've got once a week. Mm. Let's, yeah. you know, um, and this was six years ago when getting people together was a little more manageable. That's one of the things I do hate. Like Being in gaming for as long as I have, I remember the days where you could get people together multiple times a weekend, gaming eight plus hours. Um, But how
1: old were you when that happened? And uh, Did you have your own mode of transportation? Or was your mom just dropping you off at someone's
0: house? Mom was dropping me off at some of those. (laughs) I lived in the middle of nowhere, so she was fine with dropping me off for long periods of time. Right.
1: So, of course, you could play for, you know, 12... 15 Mm -hmm. hours at a time because, Mm -hmm. well, my my mom's not going to pick me up until, you know, tomorrow. So (laughs) screw it. Let's go. I
0: was 22, 23 when I met Jonathan. It's been almost 10 years now that I've known Jonathan. Mm. Um, and we had sessions where we were up until the crack of dawn the next day. (laughs) And uh, to Deborah's dismay, his wife, Deborah, uh, (laughs) to her dismay, because when she wasn't playing in the games, um... She would prefer that we would have Ended things a little bit sooner Um But I mean uh, In all honesty my, my, My flair for wanting to do something like this Was also born out of those early morning discussions Um Though, if I had ever tried to do it back then, all of the podcasts would have ended with people yelling and screaming at each other. Um That's with so, fun. With there's usually Jonathan you know, and I sitting on the same side do. of the table most of the time versus the other people. Uh-huh. Um, and then some conversations where we'd be screaming at each other. Um, Though I've only ever seen him actually really mad once.
4: Arguments are more fun at one in the morning.
5: <laughs>
0: Half a pack of cigarettes down. Somebody had a beer. We don't know who had the beer, but there's a beer bottle and it's in all of a sudden i forgot his name there was a guy that only appeared that was only with us for like three months and i I swear he was the only one drinking the beers (laughs) i swear he was was the guy because i don't remember them being there after he left
3: i don't think we've had any all-night sessions yet no we used to like we'd things get real weird yeah (laughs) we'd get off work and we'd play till like midnight maybe Mm -hmm. yeah it was still about like six hours about six hours usually And,
2: and by that time at least one or two of us are just like Honestly. In their in the back of their chair leaning back. Leaning. <laughs> Roll? Okay, what am I rolling for? I don't even know. Where are we? <laughs> yeah, what, what happened? Am if I dead yet? <laughs> if you're playing Wraith
4: the Oblivion, it's it's mandatory. You
0: can't
2: mm. have a
4: harrowing until you're at least twelve hours into the session. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you guys ever want a really, really crazy session, mm-hmm. um uh get me um, a case of Ball's Energy drinks <laughs> they yeah. taste like soda so it's a lot easier to keep down in those things yeah. um, and uh, something like Call of Cthulhu or uh, Delta Green or Feng yeah. Shui hold on
4: yeah. you'll kill everybody in the second hour man. <laughs> it's cares? <laughs> no, no, no no no, no. I, I
0: actually have a system I don't think I ever got to run this Call of Cthulhu for you I have a system in Call of Cthulhu Where it literally keeps the players alive longer. Oh, okay, good. Um, (laughs) Yes, it's a little something that I for anybody who's never played it, characters usually go insane and end up killing each other. Um, I will say this uh, for themselves. Call Cthulhu. um, I've heard a lot of game masters. I've honestly tried to hire a game master on the page gaming thing to run seventh edition because. It is a little bit different. The Mm -hmm. way that they do Insanities in the newer edition Mm -hmm. is a lot more streamlined. It's a lot more fun. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the podcasts that I listen to, um, in all honesty, I'm going to plug them a little bit here, only because they've answered so many questions and been so cool. (laughs) How We Roll Podcast. They do Dungeons and Dragons and they do Call of Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, one of their guys went through three Insanities (laughs) during one of their Um, (laughs) storylines.
5: And
0: he was like, he's like... Oh, I don't care. I'm going to murder somebody then ride off into the darkness with my bike. And he's like, what the hell? Like, I, I am downplaying what happened. You need to go listen to their podcast to find what out. What doesn't kill you um, only
1: makes you stranger.
0: I love their D&D. Their D&D is great, but one of the reasons that I found them was because uh, I love non-D&D podcasts. There's not a whole lot of them out there, sadly. Mm. Yeah, um, And yeah, guys. call of Cthulhu. Oh, shut uh, 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 uh,
4: right. up your game. <laughs> uh, all right, Henry. <laughs> we're busting out advanced dungeons and dragons <laughs> if you go real
0: old school I will show up I, I will show up uh, Ooh, I, I, have I can to, bust my,
5: out my
1: monster manual that I used as a coloring book as a child
0: <laughs> I, still, I still have the DM guide and player's handbook for AD&D so. <laughs> I, I will say this of the older editions I did I honestly did enjoy Thacko I have a chart that I downloaded off the internet that I still <coughs> sit to mm-hmm. and that is honestly a system that I would pay a GM to run is something mm-hmm. with that code because somebody who knows that's the other thing that I like about the idea of paid GMing if a GM knows the system well enough mm-hmm. to not only run it, but teach it and yes. have you yes. experience yes. it. No, Something no, like yeah. 2E and earlier, which That Co is a bit of a wonky system. No. A
4: bit? <laughs>
0: I say well, a it's bit. It's not big. that bad. I do enjoy That I will say second edition That Co is a lot better than earlier versions of That uh. um,
5: <laughs>
4: What was bad? What was Wonky was having a negative one armor class. That was one.
5: Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um... <laughs>
0: I really do enjoy the old Thatco stuff. Uh, right behind Jonathan is uh, Buck Rogers and oh. the 25th Century box yes. sets.
5: Wow. They are
0: wrapped in plastic <laughs> to keep them preserved. Yeah. But I do pull those out. I do really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Thaco based. It's 2e D and D type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I don't I don't think that there's like, a huge difference or issue with those. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy Thaco. Um, And I think that if there was somebody that would run it, I would honestly pay somebody to run Buck Rogers for me. I am a science fiction, like (laughs) science fiction and horror are where I, I, I am the best at running. Mm -hmm. I do my best (coughs) work when running science fiction and horror. That's just my niche. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cyberpunk is definitely like a subgenre that I do better at. Mm -hmm. Dieselpunk is another one that I definitely do Mm -hmm. better at. Um, steampunk not so much I love steampunk but I'm not very good at running it Mm -hmm. I don't know all the different punks I feel very lost now Uh, so of course we all know what cyberpunk is cyberpunk Mm -hmm. is the idea of a dystopian world with cybernetics and high technology and Mm -hmm. things like that dieselpunk is world war 2 I mean, the, the world was very dystopian during World War II. Yeah. I mean, it was a very mm. dark place. Dieselpunk exemplifies that, but adds in, like, diesel powered mechs. Yeah. And, okay. Like, yeah. just. It,
1: if, if Germany had, instead of building tanks, built mechs.
0: <laughs>
5: so yes. basically,
4: Wolfenstein.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking. Steampunk is. Yeah. Coal powered. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. and steampunk is coal powered, but steampunk.
1: Steampunk is when goths discovered brown. <laughs> <laughs> steampunk
0: takes things a bit differently because steampunk sometimes has super high technology not fully explained using...
2: Steam. Crystals. Yeah, cri- <laughs> Ste- no, no,
1: no, no, that's more Tesla. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Tesla punk is another one that I'm really big Tesla into. Tesla punk is cool but, so. <laughs> but Tesla punk oftentimes goes hand in hand with diesel punk. Mm. A lot of... <laughs> <laughs> let me rephrase game wise no, when you no. find it in games I find a lot of Tesla punk interwoven with Diesel dieselpunk yeah, okay that's how I, savage worlds is yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I mean that's one of those things that like um I, that would be something I would expect a game master who I'm paying to know the differences of stuff <laughs> the <laughs> subtle stuff and I say this because I've honestly sat down and at tables of people running cyberpunk mm-hmm. like Shadowrun and stuff and like that, really that knowing, don't really understand the mm-hmm. concept of, they've read all this stuff they get all this stuff, but the game that they run doesn't have that feel they don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. the themes yeah, and I think yeah. that you definitely have to understand the theme and understand these subgenres
4: how can you run cyberpunk if you've never watched Akira? <laughs> <laughs>
3: See, just watch that. No, <laughs> I, I love it. It's it's so it's,
0: weird. Uh, it's so weird. Um, another another. Uh, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, Cure is a good one. Um, and the thing about there are some animes that I just don't feel like you can run using things like Bessem and some of the anime based mm-hmm. games because I mean, they're, they're, they're so specific. Out. They're really more grab Cyberpunk twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what you need. Um, yeah. And. Um, and bringing that back to our topic, I feel like that's something that the game master would also have to know is mm-hmm. the subject that you're running. Yeah, um, especially yes. if,
1: like, you know, a group comes to you and they're like, "Yeah, we want to play." For example, we want to play something like Akira, but we want to use Besem or we want to use D and D. The game master needs to say, "Hey, why don't this other system would fit it a lot better?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Why don't we try it? If not, I can prepare something in the other system." but it's not going to be as, as smooth. It's not going to be as clean because it doesn't mm. really fit what mm. you're wanting to play.
4: Mm-hmm. Or I can make 90% house
1: rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a game that
0: recently got uh, Kickstarter. I don't know if it's still being kickstarted or not. At the time that this is actually going to be published, it's already done. I know for a fact that it's going to be done. But um, uh, it, it, it's a 5E-based cyberpunk game and I looked at it, and I looked at everything that they were doing, but they didn't explain what the difference in the rules are, because they said, oh, we tweaked some things in 5e, but they don't really Mm. explain it. what? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because when I looked at it, I was like, it's a cool setting, but at the end of the day, I don't see 5e as something I'm going to want to run cyberpunk in, because... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't fit. D&D is... um, D&D has always kind of been superhero fantasy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because... There's always, like, at the lower levels, not so much, but once you start getting into some of the higher levels, (laughs) it's a superhero fantasy game. Mm -hmm. I mean...
4: Okay, but did you play uh, D20 Modern?
0: Yes. D20 Modern was a good modern system but it was also a break from d20 it was very it, um for for those who are not familiar at this table and listening to our podcast d20 modern took a break from regular D. it was written by wizards of the coast it is basically D in the modern day but there was some cool things that they did there was six classes um that you would start out in called the hero classes and these were based on the stats. There was the strong hero, the fast hero. Um, they didn't call it the charismatic hero, but I mean, the, yeah. the charismatic one they did. Oh, okay. it was the
4: wisdom? The one that wasn't wisdom. It was like dedicated.
0: Yeah so, yeah. so each of the stats had a class that you would okay. be for like five to six or seven levels, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you would meet prerequisites in these classes before you took another type of class. And there was th- that disconnect from regular D anD D, brought
4: it into a okay better feeling. <laughs> and see, my point is, D and D is a class-based system. Therefore, you change the entire system and the feel of the system by mm-hmm. changing the classes. Yes. yes. And so, if mm-hmm. you were to change all the classes to be cyberpunk classes instead, you would change the entire power structure. Mm-hmm. Because the reason Hopefully. the reason uh, third edition D and D scaled the way it did was because of the tenth level powers that people got mm-hmm. in their classes. If you had somebody who stuck to 1st through 5th level classes for all 20 levels, it would be a much different game than, say, a 15th level monk. Yes. Had God Step and God Hand mm-hmm. and <laughs> Living for, as a God and what, what else was there? The diamond Skin. And... <laughs> exactly, right. Mm-hmm. But, but, but if you made it Cyberpunk classes, if they changed the class systems, they could, it'd completely make it a different game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's what I would have liked to have at least seen like one class to kind of get the idea, is it that big of a departure? Right. Um, And I will say that about the way that D&D, the base idea for D&D is set up is it is very class oriented and that's a whole nother discussion on why I have an issue with class oriented games um for a whole nother podcast but um that's
1: another episode Oops.
0: yeah um but uh D&D when, when, when we had that break in 335 where it was open for anybody to publish stuff we got some really cool stuff out of it where you didn't feel like you had superhero fantasy characters in it um I don't remember the name of it. I really wish I could. Uh, the company... I, 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 They either went under or they sold their stuff. I can't remember. Made a very dark fantasy setting. And it was very much like a Hansel Gretel um, Van Helsing style feel. You're not talking about of, Midnight, are you? No, not Midnight. Midnight was a good one as well. Yeah. Um, but this one was very much like you didn't feel like a level 10 character there felt like a level 5 character in regular D&D like mm. it, was, it was it was a lot darker grittier your health points went up like every other level mm-hmm. i mean it, it was, was like
1: castlevania,
5: castlevania. yeah um, and For so the that
0: table. that we had stuff like that come out of that era that just it, it felt amazing like i picked some of that stuff up and uh, sadly that lost in tra- lost in <laughs> moves and things like that but uh-huh. some some of those things were really cool you don't get that all the time um But, uh, I mean, that kind of stuff back then, all of that stuff that came out during that era was great. Like, you could go out, buy a book, and have it, and run it. Nowadays, you don't have... Okay, to be clear, all the stuff that came out was not great.
5: No. (laughs) no, 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 no. (laughs) Far from. Far from.
0: I would say, personally speaking, I would say about 20% of the stuff that was made by indie companies and all that during that era was... An absolutely amazing, godlike. Another ten percent was really cool, and about another ten percent was just usable. <laughs> yeah. And it's, Everything outside the other sixty percent was like,
5: why? <laughs> why? <laughs> um, what are you doing
0: there's an us? entire book for three five based on sex magic. <laughs> oh um, god, blue sex. magic
1: is the worst.
2: And it's, it's it's it's
1: entirely banned. If I ever run a game where that. <laughs> Is even remotely a, no, it's not even funny. I it's not even, it's just, it's just wrong. All mm-hmm. of is it, everything, se- it's, it, yeah, it's yeah. creepy. It's not sexy at all. No, <laughs> I mean, just it's, like, it's, it's, based it's
4: like, it's on... basically,
1: it's like Uncle Dan in your basement.
4: Creepy, oh, yeah,
2: no. <laughs> no, when really you read something
4: strange. and you think, Man, I wish I were reading the v- book of vile darkness, it's so much better than yes, but. <laughs> that
0: I was getting to, um, in 3.035, we had so much of that stuff coming out. We don't have that now. I think that if you were willing to pay a game master or pay somebody to to write stuff for your group, I think that this is the equivalent of having all those companies making stuff constantly back Mm -hmm. in the day. Because you've got people that are willing to sit down and you're like, Oh man, we want something where we can play Alice in Wonderland and do some twisted crap in a weird Mm -hmm. world. They're going to sit down and create brand new classes. They're going to sit down and create, you know, all these stuff. I mean, um, if you guys haven't checked it out, Retroverse is this really cool d setting that's about to come out. It's 80s based. <laughs> um, I mean, they've got like a class that's basically Power Rangers. Um, uh, they've got, like, they're constantly posting stuff up on Twitter that is just absolutely hilarious. Um, it's all like, you know, oh, um, your oh, the dragons are also... D- 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 If you go check it out, they talk about the dragons. The dragons are not the regular dragons of D&D. It's like a synth dragon and a dragon... (laughs) Like, like it's very 80s feel. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes out, I'm probably gonna, like, do a short stint of... Like, I'm going to have a 5e campaign, and this is what we're playing, and everybody makes a character from this book, and if you don't, I'm going to kill you.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, 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 if one of the dragons doesn't have the haircut from, like, Balco, I'm, I'm just going to be, like, seriously disappointed.
0: <laughs> uh, I think there's already been one like that. But. Um, I would totally play in a campaign that did Retroverse. I would be a um, some type of bard. I forget what he was calling the different schools of bard, but I would basically be... I would dress as a cowboy. I would play Johnny Cash all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like that would be the bard that I would do. Um,
1: that is the bard to embarrass your wife.
0: <laughs> oh, and I would go practice every Johnny Cash song. Like and it, which reminds me, uh, speaking of like, uh, I, I I was starting to re-listen to. Uh, Dungeon Junkies the other day and I was like starting at the very beginning and I was like is this a new intro? Like I was listening to all the things and I was like I "I don't remember some of this stuff and then (laughs) we're getting to this part and uh, the bard starts actually playing a real song and I was was, like like, (laughs) why have I never had a bard at the table that did this? Like how did these guys get so lucky? Yeah we did we actually Nick is (laughs) multi (laughs) quite the talented individual Mm -hmm. I was trying to remember who it was and I went back and I tried like fast forwarding and rewinding through the episode (laughs) and I was like like, is that one of the guys that's coming I can't remember who was the bard (laughs) Um, and so I was like trying to go back through and like re-listen for everybody to be like (sighs) who's
4: what Who's who again? Mm. Who did what? uh, Well, I mean, my bard could have done that, but it wouldn't have been fit for podcasts. That's for (laughs) sure. No, I've I've got a player
0: eventually. He still lives here in the Austin area. I'm trying to get him to a game or just to even sit down like this and just talk about topics with us. Mm. And he used to sit down in the background. I was never the game master for any of the games that he was at, but he's a very talented musician. He does. He's not a professional musician, though. Mm-hmm. He was very talented, and he would just sit there and just sit there strumming on the guitar in old medieval, almost lute-sounding oh, wow. tunes so while we're playing. And the game master was like, eh, keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, like i that's about the closest that I've ever been. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I heard y'all, y'all doing it, I was like,
3: yeah. Let's, just, let's berate Nick for not doing that. Yeah, 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 why yeah. aren't you doing that for us? Yeah. You know, this <laughs> right?
0: Come on, dude. Um, but uh, I think at the end of the day... We expect more from our Game Masters, period. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that if we're going to pay somebody, we absolutely have to pay them. Uh, I mean, They absolutely have to put out more for the payment. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I, I do not honestly... S- I mean, there, I see a difference, but I also don't feel that logistically there is a huge disconnect between paying somebody to sit down at their table and paying somebody to listen to their podcast... Um, one you get to experience firsthand, and the other one you're listening to. Mm-hmm. And it's the same amount of taking time out of your day mm-hmm. and exploring a world with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with any of that. No, I absolutely mean, not. No. I mean, without podcasts and without supporting podcasts, and I mean, like, there's some really cool stuff that comes out of podcasts being supported. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some people were like, You've got one person who has quit doing their day job, and all they do is edit their podcast, and all they do is this, and they've published <laughs> that game world. And mm-hmm. um, If you guys have a chance, I'm about to plug another podcast again, but um, Aram Vartian of God's Fall has been like instrumental. I've sent him questions, and I get a response back, and he's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for like somebody to plug into the LGBT community and you're not sure of like who to go ask questions of, you can go ask him. <laughs> I've seen uh, him on there before. Yeah, he's he's an incredible game master. His stories are amazing. Um, I've only had one character that, like, when the... Um, he's got it broken up, so if certain people aren't at the table or if they, they can't be for a while, he's got storylines that don't include them. And Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll put down your player, or you'll, pu- you'll put down your character, and you'll pick up a secondary character to play in this other storyline. <laughs> and I think he, he's... His stuff... He could take a turn and polish it into gold brick, alright? Like a, just the way that he does stuff. Um, but in all honesty, like he's published his world. Mm-hmm. He's got a, another book coming out for a prequel to that world. Um, God's Fall was the first one. God's Fall is very much about the world after it's been broken. Rise of the Demigods, from what I understand, I've only listened to the first episode um, of play. Like there's some background stuff that he does. That's the other thing, like his podcast he has an entire episode just explaining the world. <laughs> like, you sit down and, like, 45 minutes of, like, I kn- I know all the towns now. Like, I know what's going on. Like, um, I mean, like, he's kind of, like, he's kind of, like, one of my gold standards for um, yeah. how things are done. Without supporting him, I don't think we would have gotten as much of the fun, amazing stuff. He mm. took three years before running the campaign to build God's Fall. Oh, wow. And then he took more time when he was starting to get you know, when he was raising money to do it, to like polish it even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, if we didn't support podcasts like that,
5: yeah.
0: um, I just don't see that like I think I don't think that our hobby would be where it is today without supported podcasts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think definitely. the paid GMs are another facet of that. I think mm-hmm. you know, I've met a couple people that charge um, that, you know, they did it out of sort of a necessity because they were part of like Pathfinder Society or something like that and there was such a wait list that they would expand their table to a number that is not normally accepted in society and they would charge for those seats simply because they wanted people to understand when you sit down at this table, I am running something for running a part of the society and doing a bit more. I wouldn't even call them normal society GMs because of the stuff that they did, but they charged because of they go above and beyond and because they were willing to take on more and they were doing more than what you get when you go and sit at a regular table. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, I I don't think that that hurts our hobby. I don't think that paid GMing is a step backwards for our hobby as a whole. I believe that it is a part of the future. Um, I think that it's something that if we don't accept... Um, I think that we're definitely going to see kind of a big disconnect between games going forward because without being able to have these people who are doing this, that are prepping so much more, that are bringing new players into our hobby in a way that you just don't see other times. Um, I mean, I cannot count the amount of times I've got a book on my shelf. I've got a lot of games over there, but I've got a book on my shelf that I tried to get so many players together for, and I've gone out and looked for somebody to pay to play. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some of them I've been successful, some of them I haven't. Mm. And, I mean, sometimes having that person that you can be like, I really want to play this game, I really want to do this, I really want this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go pay somebody to do it because I can't find anybody.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I expect more out of them.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Right, yeah. And that's my rant.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if
2: you were to, uh, sorry, if you were to pay also f- a player to come and sit down at your campaign because you just can't find another player For in your example, you also should expect the same thing that if you're going to pay a uh, GM to do it. Like, you should expect them to be in the game and have their head in the game, really, and just kind of, like, put in some kind of effort to playing the campaign that you're trying to run. So, yeah, it's the same exact way. And
3: the cool thing about, I guess, paying either either a GM to come in or a player now people are branching out and they're learning more stuff so mm-hmm. that they can go and teach other
0: people too. Yeah, so right. just like it strengthens that community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had the money, there's definitely some people that I would have as a permanent fixture at our actual play game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That I'd be like, I need you here. You <laughs> do employee. things yeah. that I need done. <laughs> <laughs> um, get your ass over here. Here's how much I can, you know, I mean, if I had the money there, there, there's definitely people that I would do. Mm -hmm. Um, But our actual play, I've also got one seat open because what I'm hoping is that people enjoy the podcast enough uh, that they're willing to come and sit in on a game. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, with that one spot open, we've got, you know, something where, you know, oh, hey, I really like your podcast. I'd really like to come and sit in on it. You know, I want to be a part of it for a little while, you know, have people come in, Sit in, and um, you know, I think that would be fun for fans to kind of do. Mm. Um, when we actually get pay- our Patreon up and done, we're actually gonna do a Patreon for RPG Hour and then we're gonna do one for our actual play. Mm. Okay, um, and on the actual play, one there's gonna be a thing where if you pay a certain amount, um, we'll have you as a guest on, mm-hmm. but it's gonna have the stipulation of you have to be here in person, mm. yeah. Um, and that's that's only because we're not set up for like broadcasting somebody in yeah yeah, like, yeah definitely not <laughs> that's, that's
3: the case we have too is like we don't have like <laughs> the camera equipment mm-hmm. to have somebody just skype in mm-hmm. efficiently skype in yeah.
0: right
1: or you're not gonna get the weird lags or yeah that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah
0: I, i've literally seen somebody tape a, a, a cell phone like facing the table. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we did that. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I've, I've seen some crazy things happen, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think paying for a player either. If you if you really, I have a minimum. I will not run um, for anything less than three players. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I some just, things I require more players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, oh, just, yeah, just...
1: By the nature of the system, like mm. you really need more than two or
5: three people. Yeah, yeah
0: there's not many that you can do with two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like a few. I've I've done a lot of games with two players, but unless they are really good friends or I'm really good friends with one of them, mm-hmm. I just I can't do it because a lot of times. It, I've seen it where it just becomes a back and forth yelling. There's not a third party to break the tie. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be the one to break the tie, and they're really not listening to me. So at that point, it's like, all right, I quit. Y'all, y'all have fun on your own. Um, so I mean, I always I, I want that tiebreaker. Um, I don't mind even numbers when it gets higher in number because there's things that can happen with that many players. Mm-hmm. But um, like something like uh, Shadowrun and Cyberpunk twenty twenty. I really prefer not to run under four players for that, mm-hmm. because there are so many, there's so much more that goes into those versus D&D. You can actually efficiently run a campaign for just three players. Yeah. You don't have to worry about a whole lot, mm-hmm. but when you're playing something like Shadowrun, you need somebody who does magic, mm-hmm. you need somebody who does hacking, you need somebody who can interact with um, drones, that's three players alone, and then mm-hmm. you need a face character. And you can kind of sort of have the face character be one of those other three, but if you don't have somebody dedicated as a face character, things can go sideways. Mm -hmm. Or even replacing the face character with a street samurai. Um, I mean...
1: And, you know, you can only juggle so many NPCs to help pad out your party just to help your players
4: through. Well, what I find is it's entirely possible to run most systems with Mm one-on-one, two-player, with the GM, but the game becomes very different. If you don't have, like you said, like if you don't have somebody in, that, that does magic in in cyberpunk in, or in Shadowrun, it's going to be a completely different game than if you have a mage. Yeah. And if you have one player in D D, it's going to be a lot different than the, the regular four-player party who can mm-hmm. go in and say, "Oh look, it's a goblin corn Wow, let's go mm-hmm. we'll go in and bl- beat him up." Yeah. Yeah. The, the one player is going to go. I don't know if I can handle that. I'm going to have to find some other way to handle that.
2: Yeah, yeah. When
4: I do one-on-one things, I actually, generally speaking,
0: will grab um, um, a solo game out there. There's not a whole lot for D&D, mm-hmm. but uh, there's another system called Tunnels and Trolls. Um, yeah. I really like Tunnels and Trolls. It's been around since the 70s. Mm-hmm. They're on their seventh edition now. <laughs> um, they've been. They've looked at it and gone, oh crap, we need to fix this more times than D&D has. <laughs> um, and, uh, they are they've written a crap ton of solo games. Mm-hmm. When I just when I need to play and I can't find anything, I will go grab Tunnels and Trolls, grab one of their solo games and do it. When I'm playing one-on-one with a player, they really want to play fantasy, I'm going to grab that solo game. Mm-hmm. We'll each have a character and we'll play through it. And mm-hmm. I'm basically the one that's going through the solo stuff with them and mm-hmm. you know kind of narrating the stuff, but we're both playing. And it's a different dynamic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's um, and when there's two players at the table me and two players I will sometimes grab those solo games and do the same thing mm-hmm. like I'm just <clears throat>
4: but the thing is how many movies how many stories do you see, watch, watch or, or read that is a solo pro- protagonist mm-hmm. a lot of fun yeah. oh, no, no, no. even the ones Most that have multiple people lots of times you have one white hat and then the extras mm-hmm. yeah. and so why would we not want to be able to do that with, with RPGs mm-hmm. It's a good. It's a good thing to be able to do. Yeah. Because sometimes you just don't have that many players. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to go into it expecting it to be completely different than yeah. a yeah. standard traditional party.
0: Definitely. Um, I don't know that I would pay somebody to do that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depends on how good they are. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No.
3: I've never had to do that, but I feel like you would have to just like dumb down the rules a little bit for, like, it. since I just know D&D, I'll just use that as, as an example. Like, just weaken all of the strong monsters so they bear, you know, a, maybe a lower AC and...
4: Sometimes there's a lot less fighting that goes into it. Yeah. yeah you just, it's yeah. You have to, you it's give, all about the adventure. You
2: make sure to give non-combat solutions that, that the player can to find.
4: Or you put them in combat situations where you are focusing on their area, and yeah. there's a big battle going on behind yeah, them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah
3: one-shotting monsters to <laughs> make, you know flashlighting that like hero aspect mm-hmm. yeah making someone look awesome mm-hmm. I think that's, that's I always fun. know Good yeah. I haven't got to do that
0: yet but. I just I have another house rule that I use for D&D 5e I use the minion rules that's what I was telling about yeah mm-hmm. yeah pretty much just you shoot it, it's dead. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it. Like uh, you can do hordes of goblins, and mm-hmm, yeah. um, I've got a. We, we've got a live. Uh, we got an actual play five e. That's not a podcast. Um, we haven't been to the table for a while just because of schedules and everything like that. But I'm actually running the uh, uh, Storm Giant King's Thunder. Or I'm probably not even saying that one. He's <laughs> right behind Jonathan, so I'm, I'm looking at him to try and be like, yeah, it's this thing. Um, Storm Knight's Thunder?
4: Storm King's Thunder. Storm King's Sorry, Thunder, yeah. Storm King's, King's, yeah.
0: King's Thunder. Um, they wanted to play D&D 5E. They wanted uh, kind of a, a base campaign, so I grabbed that mm-hmm. book, and I'm kind of going through there and just kind of... Um, try not to use the F word. have been counting here. Um, uh,
2: You've been
1: trying to...
0: <laughs> make everything... <laughs> <laughs> additional to its standard practice um, Come on, you know you <laughs> not with you two at the table no. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, kind of coming back to the base idea I don't think there's an issue with paying people to be at your table um, to run the game to play in the game I don't think there's I, I think that there needs to be an expectation, there needs to be an understanding, and as long as the person doesn't treat it like as long as those people don't treat it like that's the end all, that's the only way you're ever gonna play like yeah, if yeah. the campaign yeah. is ending and they're like, Well, I've got more that I wanna run, but y'all feel like it's 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 come to a it's come to an end. I I think that that needs to be an expectation like the game master needs to know their limits the player needs to understand what you know okay this is the amount of episodes or the amount of uh, games we're gonna pay you for we need you for this much for this long Mm -hmm. I think that those expectations need to be there Mm -hmm. um, because I think in all honesty I mean If you were to say, hey, we're going to pay you as a game master for the next, you know, just keep running stories. Mm -hmm. uh, We'll be 10 years down the line having played like 50 different systems. (laughs) You know, I mean, like, that's just how, you know, if you don't give me any guidelines, that's what's going to (laughs) happen. We're going to keep going. Uh, We're just going to keep going until, like, we've played every system out there. Um, So, I mean, uh, without, without those guidelines, without that kind of stuff, I think that it can kind of divulge into just weirdness. And I think that has been a lot of the complaints that I've seen against it, mm, yeah. is mm. people being like, I don't get as much time at the table as I wanted, or mm. I don't get to do the kind of stuff that I wanted. If you're paying the person... You should be able to.
3: You should
5: do be able to. to. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <clears throat> I don't think
3: I would ever go pay somebody just because I just... I think that would bring a weird dynamic to the table. Hmm. Yeah, I do. You don't know. I mean, unless you know, like, if I... If I had... If I knew who you were, and I wanted you to, like, come DM for me, and I already know I'm getting going to get something good. Yeah. So maybe in that case I would, but I just I don't think I would pay, like, outside help that I didn't know to, like, come to the table. Depends. I think that would be weird.
2: Depends on what but maybe people not. think. Uh, I yeah. bet there are people out there that are, like, if you, you have said on whatever description, whatever ad that you have that you're good at GMing and... That's probably all I need, in day. <laughs> and maybe they're okay mm-hmm. with having a stranger just come in and take care of take care of business. So, yeah. uh, I think yeah. it
1: helps that we've got a lot of public spaces now where we can play games. Yes, yeah,
2: like,
0: that makes a huge difference.
5: Like
1: cafes and stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. are yeah. specifically built. They have the tables and they're set up specifically for a gameplay mm-hmm. so you can say hey I want to hire you to run this game these are the days we're available yeah. we're gonna meet here at this time you know does that work with your schedule yeah. I think that really opens up a lot of availability
5: for people mm-hmm. yeah, for
0: sure. yeah, well I mean some of these kind of places do cater to it too yeah I mean uh, we have a bar here in Austin that is completely all about tabletop I mean they've got mm-hmm. you pay for a fee just to sit at the table yeah. it's your all-day fee um, and, you know, I mean, you sit down, you play, there's drawers for dice, there's drawers for your drinks to keep them off the yeah, table. Yeah, they've got, like, oh, cup holders of
1: off to the side yeah. so that everything... Is that you try
0: not to yeah, name. Bleep uh, <laughs> um, that out. Because they didn't pay. There's a tavern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if like, they didn't help them. They're not getting free. There's a tavern here in town that does the same thing. Mm, yeah. uh, that's actually where we, uh, our East original State. side quest group met. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. There's another place that's opening up here in town that's kind of a, like a bar, restaurant thing that's supposed to be doing the same kind of thing. Um, and then, I mean, we've got a lot more shops here in Austin. Yeah. 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 Tons. I mean, if you go far north Austin, you've got Rogue's Gallery in Round Rock. You've got uh, Bell's Gaming, which is just around the corner from there. Mm-hmm. I think that's also still in Round Rock. Uh, coming into Austin, uh, you've got Pat's Gaming, which I think you can mm-hmm. actually sit down at a table there. I don't know. I've been in there for I, a I believe
2: so. They're more card game-based, but still, I believe that you can definitely do that.
0: Uh, We've got, of course, Dragon's Lair. Mm. Um, Classic. Stupid cat. (laughs) um, uh, We've got Dragon's Lair. Uh, We've got... Austin uh, City Comics. Austin, Mm -hmm. Do they have tables to play at? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's been a really long time since I've been in Austin City Comics, so... (laughs) So they have four separate
3: stores, Mm -hmm. so in one of the stores, there are tables back there. Mm -hmm. That's where all the, the... the tabletop
0: RPG stuff is in there. Nice. And then you've got Tribe. We've got, in the the South Austin area, we've got Tribe. um, And if you're into tabletop war games, we actually have a games workshop here in town. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've got a couple places. I'm sure that I'm forgetting somebody. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, personally on that, if you're in the Austin area, Tribes uh, Games and Comics in South Austin is just a really awesome, uh, just a fun place to go in there's a lot of people that are willing to help they're very uh, cool and it's a large gaming space uh, Mm -hmm. for being a small shop Mm -hmm. Um, if you're more towards uh, North Austin uh, Bell and um, Rogues are our suggestions Mm -hmm. those are the RPG Hour 3 suggestions mainly because some of the others on the list we've had some very uh, scary inappropriate reactions and situations happen at those places Mm -hmm. so those are our three um, and I'd like to keep that off the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to um, ask. I'm just, curious, but yeah, i not. There's just, not. just <laughs> things
1: that happen, which is actually part of another topic for another episode.
0: Which um, is why I want to keep it off this yeah. episode. Okay. <laughs> that
1: that will go in, yeah.
0: But those are our three suggestions on RPG Hour is go check out uh, Rogue's Gallery. You do have to request space. Um, Bell, if there's a table open, you can take it. They do have a special room to go play in. Uh, but that's uh, that's reserved and things like that. And then uh, down south in tribe, it's just open tables. Just if, it, if there's an open table, come and play. So,
5: mm-hmm, yeah.
0: uh, but there's a lot of places also around in the Austin area where you can just go and play, yeah. um, and there's no real restrictions or anything to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, uh, crap! What is that place called? Uh, Kirby Lane, <laughs> uh, Magnolias. Um,
1: a lot of little din- like local dive diners that will allow you to sit and play games mm-hmm. you know as long as you're ordering food and not being disruptive to the general vibe of the place mm-hmm. like they don't care i
0: so. don't know if they still are but uh i hop at 35 and caesar chavez downtown austin <laughs> we used to game there all the time <laughs> and they really didn't care uh, as long as we bought a little something every so often um
1: basically buy something per shift
5: yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean we
0: tipped we tipped each uh, of our waitresses mm-hmm. um but, I mean, we used to go there, uh, everybody would get off work, it would be late at night. We'd go sit there for about six, eight hours and play. Mm-hmm. And we'd... Uh, we have one guy who would get the endless pancakes and the <laughs> actually got, like, real meals. Um, but, I mean, there's no... There's... It's a lot easier to find a place to play nowadays. Mm-hmm. It is not always easy to find somebody to run the game, right. to play in your game, yeah. especially if you deviate from D&D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If you deviate yeah. from D&D. Uh, we've got a game up there, Feng Shui 2. It's a really phenomenal game. It's a bit of a weird one because the characters are 100% pre-generated for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so it's one of those things, like when you come to the table, you're literally are able to take a copy of the character out of the book and play it starting like there's no character creation whatsoever Mm. to do i think there's like three points to tweak your character or whatever that's it um and you start playing but they're the classes are very specific you've got a um a supernatural detective versus the beat cop you've got the ordinary hero versus the kung fu master like they're very specific um in what they do so i mean but trying to find people to play that is almost impossible. Yeah. Like, you guys want to sit down and play this? Uh, what is it? Is, it D- <laughs> is D&D? Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I, don't think a character.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I
3: think we're lucky because if you guys approached me with the game and were like, hey, I got this book, like, I want to run this game. I think yeah. all of us would be like, yeah, oh, yeah, cool, no problem.
0: <laughs> Why don't yeah. we just have it? <laughs> with our actual play group, we can do one shots like that, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it,
1: yeah, because we get the so when are we playing Role Master again? <laughs> <laughs> we, that
0: group was specifically created so that we could play a game called Rollmaster, which is kind of hard to find people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to t- talk about the weirdness, one of the players that we met, who actually brought in the other two p- people that we have for our current, because we've had a lot of people go through that game, that table, surprisingly. Um, we met him on the forums for the game itself from the main website. <laughs> wow. wow. So talk about like a crapshoot because there's people from all over the world on there. <laughs> yeah, we happen to find one guy in the Austin, Texas area <laughs> yeah. to come and play with us. <laughs> uh, and so we've known him for about six years now. So, wow. And yeah, um, nice. he brought everybody else in. So. Very nice. It's been That's kind cool. of fun. But, uh, all right. Anybody have any last minute thoughts on paid game mastering that they just want to add? I
5: think we
2: I think we just (laughs) about (laughs) covered everything.
0: All right, well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of RPG Hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go check out Dungeon Junkies. Um, If you would feel up to it, please give us five stars. Mm -hmm. It helps us reach other people. If you don't feel up to it, please don't give us any. like. <laughs> just don't d- don't rate don't it. Don't give us uh, stars. We don't you know, deserve like, it. Five, it's five stars or nothing,
5: please, ride or die. Uh,
3: no, 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 we, no. Tell, <laughs> we tell people to email us their bad yeah. comments. If, yes, if you got something bad, just send
0: in an email. Yeah. Stay Stand, away from iTunes. Just, <laughs> you know what that works? Uh, <laughs> hit us up on uh, Twitter at RPG Hour or email us at theRPGHour at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We have Let an Instagram,
1: apparently. We have an
0: Instagram, but I <laughs> forgot the, I forgot what the Instagram, like, username is. Uh, I'm sure if you search RPG Hour, you'll find us. It's mostly my work friends that I've got on there. Which is uh, weird. People I know from work, uh, which one of them is an artist, so that's the main reason I follow him, and then everybody else is just kind of... I follow them to look at crazy, like, slightly right-wing people to have a good laugh at. <laughs> I'm going to edit this piece out so I'm not tired. Uh, um, But yes, thank you so much for joining us. Please, five stars helps us out, reach more people, uh, and helps put food on the table for our little girl. <laughs>
3: You're essentially
0: punching little girls if you
3: don't. <laughs>
1: She's not even two yet, you monster. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Thank you so
0: much. I catch all of you. <laughs>